Welcome to the Ad Heart Podcast, the podcast that inspires heart-first living. This is where you'll get practical tools to reduce stress, inspire creative action, and energize your personal growth momentum, along with ways to apply these tools. And now, here's your host, Deborah Rosman. Hi, I'm Deborah Rosman, and a warm welcome to our listeners. The purpose of the Ad Heart Podcast is to inspire forward movement and heart-powered intention. And my topic this episode is finding fulfillment and a purpose larger than yourself. And my guest is Lynn Twist, author of a newly released book of that title. Let me tell you a little bit about Lynn. I have known Lynn for many years, both at HeartMath and at the Transformational Leadership Council events. She is a recognized global visionary who served as an advisor to the Desmond Tutu Foundation and the recipient of the prestigious Woman of Distinction Award from the United Nations. Lynn helped found the World Hunger Project and the Pachamama Alliance and is author of the best-selling book, The Soul of Money, Transforming Your Relationship with Money and Life. And now her new book, Finding Fulfillment and a Purpose Larger Than Yourself, tells her story of how her life has been about serving a larger purpose and why it's important for each of us to connect with our larger purpose. Since she has so much wisdom to share with us, welcome, Lynn. Thank you, Deborah. It's a delight and an honor to have this conversation with you. Thank you. Well, the people who come to HeartMath who listen to this podcast, all of them are on a mission of some sort. They can listen to their heart. Mm -hmm. And we can help collectively, I think, refine how we all get to that inner stillness place to hear our hearts, especially in this time when there's so much stress and noise and chaos. But what is the key thing you've learned in making a commitment to something larger than your own life? in service to others and the planet. What have you learned and why is that so important? Well, I think the the culture we live in is so narcissistic, particularly mm-hmm. in the United States, that what it promotes is living a life that's all about you, you know, that's a, yeah. a, a life starring you. And that life doesn't have, um, number one, doesn't have the kind of meaning that we all seek, but it also ends up being very noisy because your whole uh, focus is on yourself. So there, are you good enough? Are you smart enough? Are you thin enough? Are you pretty enough? Are you man enough? Are you this enough? Are you, it's all about, you know, doubting yourself and comparing yourself from everybody else. And there's all that noise in your head. But when you put a, a larger purpose than your own life in front of yourself, and you find that discover really, really why you're here, that moves to the foreground, the noise moves to the background, it starts to calm down, it doesn't go away, because we're human. But it starts to be not so horrendously uh, uh, in your face. And it's in the background, and you don't have time to entertain it anymore, because you're up to big stuff, you're up to making a difference that really impacts the long term future of life. So uh, it's not only good for the world, it's good for each of us. That's beautifully said. I know in your book, you talk a lot about quite honestly and openly about some of the, the vanity challenges you had about good enough and 
the self-doubt and I self-doubt is one of the most devastating feelings. It always just brings you down instead of brings you up. But, you know, so many people are so busy these days just trying to survive or trying to get by with uh, challenges from the pandemic and financial and on and on. And yet there's something a calling, yet a calling to do something. How can we really help? There's got to be something else bigger if you look at the world situation. And then people can go on a purpose quest. I mean, I know from a young age, I was on a purpose quest. Why am I here? What's it about? And I know we talk about at HeartMath that it starts with this deeper listening to your heart's intuitive guidance. Now, given the noise of these times, how do you advise people to connect more, to find out what that next step at least in their purpose is and then make a commitment to it? How do you help people do that? Well, I don't have a formula. I wish there were one. If there is, if there is one out there, please tell me. But I think it's it has to do with paying attention to the signs, mm. to being a conscious being, looking, asking for guidance, for what's your purpose, what's your dharma, why are you here now at this time when it's so epic? There's yeah. crises everywhere. There's plenty to do, and there's plenty of calling for people to step up and step into life in a much bigger way than any time in my lifetime anyway. So I love the times we're living in. Mm. I love the challenges we're facing. You know, I love the fact that it's calling, demanding that yeah. we be bigger than our own life, demanding that we step up, that we step out, that we realize that um, it's not going to change by some hero on a white horse. It's going to be all of us. It's an all hands on deck time. So, um, you know, to answer your question a little more fully, I say to pay attention to what breaks your heart. Mm. What breaks your heart is a, is a sign. What opens your heart mm. is a sign. What touches your heart is a sign. Um, and to follow the longing, the yearning that we all have in our heart uh, and and pay close attention to that. And it will guide you to what's yours to do. I really believe it will guide you. And that the, with all the noise going on and the stress, the voice of the heart is actually getting stronger. I hear that from people who come to HeartMath. And because even though you see this, you read the news and it's all like everything's going to to disaster, there's a huge awakening going on mm -hmm. that you don't see as much in the news, but there's a heart awakening. I mean, look at the compassion throughout the planet that's been pouring into Ukraine and the people mm -hmm. suffering there. And that is a heart awakening. That's a service that's happening on the planetary level to open hearts mm -hmm. and go, this is crazy. Why is this going on? And, you know, and millions and millions of people. And I have to feel that that's going to lead to something positive. And, you know, you say in your book, and I've underlined this, ask yourself, what is the larger stand that you're drawn to? And the reason that I like that is because so often at HeartMath, we talk in our certification programs, where can you take a heart stand? It is like a stand of integrity, of standing in your authenticity, rather than a mind stance. Because a mind stance is separative. 
A mind stance is an activism that's polarizing. And we see so much of that mind stance going on and people feeling they have, uh, they're on a purpose, whether it's climate change or political or whatever, and they're taking a stance that is judgmental and separate of others. That doesn't really get us anywhere because that's what we're seeing in the polarization. But a heart stand holding to your heart's inner guidance that's open and inclusive is to me the purpose that can fulfill you. You talk about purpose fulfillment. And certainly in all your stories of your service has all been that heart stand. So that distinction is really important. And I would love for you to comment on that for a moment. Yeah, I love that. I love that language. I use the uh, distinction between position, taking a position and Mm -hmm. taking a stand. And I say that taking a position comes from a point of view. In other words, a position is, a, is, is almost like a location. Yeah. And a position, positionality creates its oppositionality. So yes creates no, here creates there, up creates down, right creates left, pro-choice creates pro-life, actually. And when you get more entrenched in pro-choice, you get a response from more entrenchment from pro-life. And, you know, that's that's a very, very volatile thing to say. But I actually think those two positions are a good example of the fact that positionality is, it does create its oppositionality. And that that might be what you call a mind stance, where you get so rigidly uh, believing in what you say is the truth that you can't hear any other voices, you can't hear any other points of view. And points of view are really important. Points of view or positions on the game board, you might say, inform, educate, expand the way we can think, rather than my position is right, your position is wrong. So um, I call a stand something that rises above that positionality, above all points of view, almost as if you can look down on all those positions on the game board, all those points of view, and you relinquish your point of view or your position or your mind stance and move into the heart, you could say, or move into the larger vision, uh, larger picture, and then you have vision. And that's what people want is vision rather than a point of view. A point of view is one place from whence you see. Vision is the capacity to see it all. And that actually then gives you access to wisdom. The wisdom ultimately is the wisdom of the heart. Uh, Beautifully said. You know, as you were talking, it just, I mean, that is such a key. How do we help people realize because there's strong beliefs underneath positions, whether it's your, how you were brought up in a particular religion or, or a family that believes in a certain political position. Uh, people's security is stuck in a lot of these beliefs. So the idea of rising above it when you're just so sure you know what you know, that your belief is the right one and the others is the wrong one that creates this separation of otherness, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to help people see there is a bigger picture and mm-hmm. that's what you want to see because otherwise you're stuck mm-hmm. is such a key thing. I mean, again, the heart math research, one of the reasons we started our research lab was to see the heart, brain, nervous system. What is the pathway physiologically for people to activate the higher executive brain, the bigger picture centers of the brain? So that we could, you know, in a non 
political non-belief thing, say, here's the science, here's the physiology, then you can see a bigger picture of vision and activate wisdom, the heart-brain synchronization, as we call it. So that can access the bigger picture. You know, and we've been committed to that mission, I have, and purpose for years because yeah. something has to give for mm-hmm. people to feel build that inner security. Mm-hmm. That to be able to get off their stance or yeah, it's it's security. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I don't you look at the world around and you wonder what else can we do to facilitate that? Because I, I like what you say, fulfillment the feeling of fulfillment and that satisfaction only really comes when there's that heart inclusivity. It mm-hmm. can't be there when you're stuck in your belief. You may have support from other people in your tribe or you know, family, but that deep heart fulfillment that I think the heart awakening is about is really about love, about compassion, about the things that bring this bigger picture. What, it, what is that how would you voice that? What is it that you see? Well, I love the I love the research that you do. I just have to validate that because it's so important. Research when it's something like this is validated, it 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 opens up the possibility for people who haven't been able to consider it, right? Because the research says, you know, it says unequivocally often, this is the what we've studied and this is what we found. So I, I love that. Um, it's difficult to get off your position. Another way of talking about what you're asking me, it's mm-hmm. difficult. You know, we call it getting off it. Can you mm-hmm. get off it? It takes a big person to get off their position long enough to see that there's other ways of seeing things. Right. And I, I, I don't have a formula for that either. I mean, I wish there were an A, you do this, then B, you do this, C, you do that. But I actually think that people, when they do get off it, I mean, you just... You just look back in your life at when you were stuck on something, you were certain that that person was a jerk. And, and then you actually talked to them and saw them crying in a situation where they were hurt or their, uh, somebody died near to them. And you see their humanity suddenly and you start to melt a little bit. And you mm-hmm. say, oh, my God, there's, they're not so bad after all. I kind of like them. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm giving a simple kind of silly yes. example, but we all have times that we've gotten off it where we found out we were wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, I can tell about, about a million stories about myself. I, I once went to a, uh, to, to a, a reunion uh, at my university. I went to Stanford university and I, and I, you know, I hadn't been seen some of these people in decades. And one of the guys I dated walked into the, uh, to the reunion mm-hmm. with a, a beautiful blonde on his arm who was young and juicy and <laughs> I immediately thought, oh, my God, he's dumped his wife. I don't want to talk to that guy. And I hope they don't come over here where I'm sitting. And then we went to get our our it was a buffet. We went to get our meal and we sat at a table that had a couple extra seats. And then they came and sat down next to us. And I thought and my my body was stiff and I was certain <laughs> that my, this guy had dumped my my friend. And then she turned to me. and She said, oh, I'm so glad we're sitting next to you. My dad. <laughs> wanted me to meet you. That's why he brought me to the reunion so that I could meet you. I'm a PhD student at Harvard. I'm studying the environment. I've learned about the Pachamama Alliance. And I came to the reunion with my dad so I could meet you. And I thought, oh, my God, (laughs) my whole body changed, of course. 
I was stiff as a board and suddenly I was open, my heart opened. I love this young woman. She's now, you know, kind of like I'm mentoring her. So, it, I mean, it, I'm making that, making fun of myself because we all get on it. I'll call myself, I was on it and I got off it. And once again, there, my humanity was available to me. My humanity was available to me. So we can all look back in our lives at times that we were wrong. It's really helpful to look at that because that makes you realize you can get off your position. You can open your heart. You can re-see. You can see with new eyes. And I think that's what you teach with such rigor and such compassion and such generosity for the fact that we do get stuck. I mean, it's human to get stuck, but it doesn't mean you have to stay there. Beautifully said. I You reminded me of several stories with something similar where I had judged someone and then found out they were blind or there was a reason. And it's like, I felt so humiliated inside myself, but that's humbling. And that vulnerability, the heart vulnerability to see that it, people communicating on a heart to heart level is what I know in my heart is what clears that. Whether you're bringing together as some of our certified trainers have done, Palestinians and Jews who think each other has horns coming out of their head because they have never talked to each other. Mm -hmm. And a lot of your work in Africa has been about that. Mm -hmm. You just see the beauty of when people talk vulnerably, what happens? It's magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it totally. And, you know, and I love something else you said that most people crave to stand for something that benefits all humanity in the future of life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really do believe every child has that dream that's inbuilt. It's, it's coded in our DNA and we just have to uncover it. And part of that uncovering is what's your next step. If you don't know what your big giant purpose is, it's still each of us has an effective choice towards purpose that's our next step. That's worth our commitment to step into. But we have to have the security to put the toe in the water and step into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that takes courage. And courage, as you know so well, comes from the heart core, you know, the courage. Um, it, it's, it's, a, um, it's such a beautiful thing when we take a risk from the heart rather than from the head, right. not a calculated risk what I call an uncalculated risk, Mm. a a risk that comes from trust, from yearning, from longing to make a difference. Um, And and we all know, we all know in our heart of hearts, you know, that wonderful phrase, heart of hearts, the heart of our hearts, what the next step is actually. And if we don't know, we can always ask. And I say there's guidance everywhere, everywhere around us all the time. I mean, I have a tree I go to that's unfailing about (laughs) what to do next. I sit under that tree. I hold that tree, put my head, my cheek next to the tree. And, you know, people walk by and wonder, what is she doing? But I don't care because when I'm with that tree, it's called my mother tree. I've, I, whatever it is that I probably already knew before I went to the tree starts to show up for me, but there's just guidance everywhere. And if we ask for it, it comes to us. And if we have trust and it's almost like, I like to put my hand on my heart and say, what is my next step? Mm -hmm. And then see what comes just even putting your hand on your heart 
makes a difference because we do know we are the um, masters of our own life, really, uh, not in positionality and points of view, as you point out, or stance, but in stand. Yeah, beautiful. Well, we're going to do a little heart meditation together with a collective heart energy that amplifies our ability to hear our hearts, to connect with whatever our next step is, and if we know it, to amplify it. And for each of us to renew our heart's commitment to serve the greater whole. And first things first is always taking responsibility for our own energies, our thoughts, feelings, attitudes, and actions, because that's what helps us get a stronger signal from our heart's intuitive guidance is getting that alignment and not having all these different voices fighting within us, but doing that alignment. And that's the purpose of this meditation. So let's do this together. Okay. Okay. Yes. So let's center in the heart and breathe gratitude or appreciation to warm the heart and increase our heart coherence, our heart brain alignment. And it's easy to find something in your life that creates that heart feeling of gratitude or appreciation or even of yourself for just doing this and taking the time to connect with your heart. Let's appreciate that with each other. Now, as we continue this heart-focused breathing, ask for your heart's intuitive guidance. Ask your heart for its inspiration or guidance regarding any next steps in your purpose or mission. What speaks to your heart that you can step into? Even if it's just a little attitude change, it could be anything. Now ask your heart for any areas of your life that need a renewed commitment to positive change. This this will help you increase your coherence internally, perhaps practicing deeper heart connections with people or practicing non-judgment or increasing compassion and kindness for others and yourself or even patience, that's a heart-coherent quality that a lot of us could use more of and often don't. So ask your heart, what areas of your life need a renewed commitment, an upgrade to positive change, to more heart qualities?
Now radiate your heart's love and commitment energy into that intention. Energize it towards becoming your best. Now let's take this collective energetic field of heart energy that we're all sharing and co-creating and radiate our collective heart's care and compassion to people in areas of the planet that are experiencing stress and duress. Knowing that heart can help lift their spirit and the vibration. See our collective heart purpose of humanity to raise the planetary vibratory rate, to draw more effective solutions intuitively and higher outcomes through our collective heartfelt cooperation and know that we can do this, we can create this. Now let's close this collective heart meditation by co-creating a reservoir of purposeful heart energy that each of us can access, draw on as needed over the next month to help energize and empower our commitment, our personal purpose and mission. Thank you for sharing that with me. I always love to do this collective heart energy meditations with people. Lynn, I'm sure you have inspired many of our listeners in this Ad Heart podcast. Right now, as we are at this time approaching a new year, is there anything special you want to leave people with? Um, well, let's see. Um, well, first, first, I want to say hope they buy my, my new book. <laughs> so that's, that's a little self-serving, but I did want to say that. So I have a wonderful new book that will help you find your heart's desire. Um, and that's so much of what heart math is all about uh, and does such a beautiful job with. Um, I would say that the, uh, 
to see the the times we're living in rather than a breakdown of epic proportions, which is a very valid way to look at it as a birthing process. And um, there's a, a wonderful phrase from Michael Beckwith and Reverend Deborah Johnson that pain pushes until vision pulls. Mm. And um, we're in a pain period now in the world, I think um, that is uh, pushing us towards a vision And I think what we need now is to generate a vision, a regenerative vision for life, and that we're, as a human family, perhaps we're being reborn. Perhaps the pandemic was a kind of morning sickness for a pregnant species (laughs) that's that's coming through uh, that morning sickness into a pregnancy, which might be painful and difficult and challenging. And then a birthing process, which does hurt. Uh, I've had children, it hurts. But the vision of having a child is so strong that you can not only withhold the pain, you know, the more it hurts, the closer you are to having the miracle of a child. And I think that's what's happening. I think we're in an evolutionary leap that it's painful, it's scary, it's difficult. But if we hold the vision of um, a heart-centered civilization that is being born in all of us, um, we can get through anything. Beautifully said. I totally agree. Well, thank you so much, Lynn. And for all our listeners to help you connect more deeply with your heart's guidance and empower your next step and your purpose remission, I want to let you know that you can get free access to an amazing online video course, The HeartMath Experience. It's our gift to you. And you can go to heartmath.com or heartmath.org websites and download it. And you'll learn several techniques that I know you'll find helpful for connecting with your deeper heart and next steps. And I also want to remind you that the third Tuesday of every month, we publish a new At Heart podcast episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next guest and topic. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Deborah. It was a joy being with you. Thank you so much. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Ad Heart Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch the latest episodes. If you're wanting even more heart-inspired content, find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Look for HeartMath and also the HeartMath Institute. Both organizations are committed to helping activate the heart of humanity.